Yeah, that was a that was a powerful word that Felicia released before our worship. And I think God was was releasing it um, while we were worshiping. That He is He is the banner over us, and His banner over us is love. Do y'all know where that first showed up in in the scriptures? That the Lord is our banner. I'm hoping you do because I can't find it. So. <laughs> it's in the book of Exodus somewhere. And it's in the, isn't it in the battle where they hold up, uh, Aaron and her hold up the arms of, of, uh, Moses. And it says that the Lord is our banner. He's the one that, that fights for us. Uh, wherever that is, maybe it's in numbers. Uh, it's what? That's, that's where I was. I just didn't see it for some reason. Thank you. Oh, there it is on the second half. Uh, it says that, uh, that the enemy was attacking and that, uh, Joshua fought the Amalekites and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went on top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. And so Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I have completely wiped out the enemy uh, from under heaven. And then in verse 15, it says, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. And it says, he said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against, we'll just say the enemy from generation to generation. Uh, Jehovah Nisi or Yahweh Nisi is the, the Hebrew word there for the Lord is our banner, the, the, one of the names of God that's revealed, uh, in the Old Testament. And of course there is someone in the New Testament who raised their arms up and he, he is still holding them up, uh, spiritually over us and that's, that's Jesus. Uh, and this is a picture of course of Jesus, uh, that Moses when he is holding his hands up, uh, Jesus, it says also, Jesus says, I will be lifted up and I'll be drawn Everyone, all people will be drawn to me when I am lifted up. And so Jesus over our lives, it's, it's as if he is like Moses on the mountain. His, his hands have been outstretched over us. And he, here's the thing. Jesus doesn't get tired. <laughs> Jesus is not like Moses. Uh, he didn't need help, uh, but he can forever, uh, minister his banner of love over us and that means that god is is always working towards victory in our lives and that's good news uh it doesn't matter how you feel um it doesn't matter if you're in a good mood today or tomorrow or whatever it doesn't matter if uh you've been really nice uh it doesn't matter if you haven't sinned for 24 hours or something where you're doing really great uh you're on your all-time record of non-sinning uh it, it none of that matters uh that has nothing to do with the banner because the banner is is that the lord is our banner and so that Jesus is the one over us that is just reigning in all power and glory as it says in 
in Ephesians 1 that he is, he is sat down. He's not actually standing. He's sitting on the throne. It says until all enemies are placed under his feet, he's already sitting over all power and authority and waiting to see them put under his feet. And so in your life, when the enemy rises up, whatever that enemy is, whether that's discouragement, hopelessness, whether that's fear, whether that's doubt, confusion, uh, whether it's sickness or disease, whatever it is, discouragement, depression, doesn't matter what enemy is coming at you, that Jesus is a banner over you of love and declaring his victory to win the victory against the enemy. So that's a good word to take home. So thank you, Felicia, for sensing the heart of the Lord. I feel like God's going to do one other thing here, and this message may not take all that long. Um, but I'm going to have us look at a few scriptures here. Uh, if you know, a couple of weeks ago, my wife ministered on the the well and the basically allowing the, you know, that we have a well in our hearts, basically, that needs to be checked on. And... Uh, there's a scripture in Matthew 24 that I want us to look at. So if you want to turn to Matthew 24 and then put your finger in the book of Proverbs. Okay, so Matthew 24, and if you want to find and and put your finger in the book of Proverbs, we'll be in chapter 4 first in the book of Proverbs. Matthew 24 and verse 12, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the Word of God as we continue to read it today. And this is Jesus, we're going we're gonna to jump right in the middle here, so apologize for that, we're just going to jump right into where Jesus is talking about the end times. Uh, his disciples ask him, hey, when is all this stuff going to happen? And Jesus says, hey, guess what? Watch out. Here's, here's some stuff that's going to start happening as the time gets nearer for my return. Uh, watch out that no one deceives you. Many are going to come and say, I'm him or I'm going to, I'm just like Jesus. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, uh, but don't be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against the kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. And then in verse 9 it says, Then you'll be handed over and be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And here's the verse we're going to highlight. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. Some of it says most. It's really, it's love of many. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And, it's, and he says, and, and this gospel, this good news of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And so that verse 12 says something very interesting. It's, it's talking about our hearts. You may not have noticed it there because it used the word love, but it's talking about our hearts. And the word there is agape. The word there for love is agape love. It's, there's, there's several words for Love in Greek, and some of them are like the family love, and some of them are like the, the brotherly love, and 
There's physical love, you know, between a husband and a wife. Um, but there's also agape love, which is the love that's always described of as like God's love. You know, the, the unconditional love, the love that comes from God. So it's interesting there that it says the agape of many will grow cold. So who's the love that's growing cold in the scripture? It's people that are followers of Jesus. It says because of the increase of lawlessness or wickedness or just the let me just put it in terms nowadays. Because the world is getting so crazy that what will happen is there's going to be something that, that wars against our hearts that says we're going to, we're going to close off your heart to people. We're going to, we're going to take something that's meant to be open and meant to be, you're meant to be the one full of love in this, in the midst of this confusion and it's going to get closed off and that, and that love's going to begin to grow cold. Rather than being a burning, fiery love for God and for people, it's going to begin to, it's going to begin to diminish. There's going to be a, a closeness to it. And, and it's going to, it's going to, it's not a good thing. It's, it's not, it's not the way that God intended it. And so, my encouragement today is, is to take care of your heart in this season. Take care of your heart, uh, with what's going on around you. Maybe, Maybe the world doesn't concern you. Maybe it's just your world. You know, some, you know, there's some people that are obsessed with watching the news. I'm not one of those people, like, I check it, you know. But some people are obsessed with just, what's gonna happen? What's happening in our government? What's gonna happen with this and that? And, and they, whatever side of the fence they're on too. There's people on this side and this side and some near the middle and some near the middle. It doesn't matter. But if they're consumed with just what's going on around them, here, let me tell you, it's crazy. If you haven't checked the news, our world is getting crazier. That's, that's the headline. Fox News and CNN, crazy. Okay, <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter. That's 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 what it boils down to. Is this? But the question is this: as a believer in Jesus, as a one who has the love of God in his heart, as the one who says the Holy Spirit's poured out love in your heart, are you going to grow cold because of the world around you, or are you going to stay burning with passion for God and allow Him to keep that fire burning in your heart so that love flows from you? Because we need the love of God flowing from our hearts right now. We don't, we don't need your opinion. We don't need whether, you know, to be right about your certain issue, this and that. I'm not trying to get super political, so I'm not really even talking about that on a whole, but that's, I mean, our world, our nation is in a, a time of division right now. And let me tell you something. We're not gonna come into agreement. It's not gonna happen. I'm not speaking unlife over here. I'm just saying that's, that's the reality. I mean, Jesus said here, hey, you're gonna, they're, people are gonna come against you, they're gonna start persecuting you, and, and it ha- it's happening in other nations, I mean, it's happening all over in, in Islamic nations, in, in some of the, in like China, I mean, there, there's things like this happening in other, that believers are already walking through, we haven't hardly touched it here. All we've had is people, you know, kinda point fingers at us, and then we've had some of the, you know, political things that have happened about, I don't want to get into them. So just if you know about those things, if you don't, there's no reason to know know and worry about it. But all that stuff, Jesus is saying, hey, guess what? That's going to happen. It's going to happen. The world is not going to just come into agreement and sing kumbaya and say we're all just going to love one another and it's going to be great. 
uh, that, that's not how the world's going to end. What's going to happen is that can only happen when Jesus comes back. That only happens when Jesus shows up, establishes his kingdom, removes everything from his kingdom that will, that will, uh, come against his mission to bring his life and his power and his love and his righteousness and his justice and his purity on earth. Everything else will be removed. And then, only then, Will everyone come together and say, yes, we are now one and we are now one in Jesus and we have one purpose and one voice and, and one pers- one pursuit and that's God. But that's not going to happen on this side of Jesus' return. The Bible, the Bible clearly says that the end time will get worse. I'm not trying to preach on the end times, but this is where we're starting, okay? So, this idea that, you know, we can all just get together and sing kumbaya is just not going to happen. Darkness and light cannot be joined together. And so wherever there's darkness, light cannot come into agreement and just have a good time and say, we're just going to, we're just going to agree to disagree and have a nice time. It's, it's not going to happen. But what can happen is this. My heart can be taken care of so that when I interact with someone, whether they're on the same side of any fence of argument that there is, I can love. Because that's the real issue. The real issue is with our hearts. The real issue is not what's going on around. The real issue, Jesus was concerned. What did he say? You know, what's the greatest commandment? Love the God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus says, that's it. If you just want, if you want to boil everything down to just two sentences, this is it. You do this, then you've kept the whole, this is, that's all the law rests on that. All the commandments, all the different things that are in there. This is what it boils down to. And so it says in the scripture that there's going to be, a, there's going to be something that tries to come at the people of God that says, I'm going to steal your love. I'm going to make it grow cold. I'm going to, I'm going to take, you know, if, if it's a fire, I'm going to take some cold water and pour it on it. And begin to try to diminish it. Because if you can diminish the ones who have the love of God on earth, then you can diminish the effectiveness of those people to bring others into the kingdom of God, to bring others into that love. I heard it recently said that no one was, they don't know of anybody that was condemned into the kingdom of God. It's just not going to happen. You know, maybe that one time, you know, I don't know. You know, I mean, God can, can work miracles, but generally speaking, he's using, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And how do people see the kindness of God? They have to see it in the people of God. You know, Proverbs 4.23, this is a very famous verse in the Bible. You can shoot it on the screen there, Cooper. Hopefully I put it in there. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And kind of a more literal way of saying that uh, is, for it is the wellspring of life. It's interesting that uh, that terminology of the well comes up again. The wellspring of life. You know, if we're tending to the well of our hearts, then... We are aware when something goes wrong with it. 
it's easy to know when there's something wrong with your physical body. Right? I mean, for some of us that are older, we just go, it's just, you know, I feel it a little bit more, right? Okay, I tried to do that thing I shouldn't have done. I did that, you know, 10 years ago. Um, in our bodies, we, you know, if we're, if we're sick, we like, we have aches and pains. We've got, maybe you get a fever or whatever. There's, there's a sign you're like, man, I'm, your, your nose runs or whatever. You, you know, something is not right in your body. You know, you have, you have something not right. But a lot of times we don't know that something's not right in our heart. We're not, we're not aware of what's going on inside of us, that there's, there's a sickness going on inside of our hearts that, that needs to be taken care of. And because our hearts are the source of the issues of life. They're the source of what comes out of our life. And just like Jesus was saying, look, here's a warning of Jesus saying, look, watch out. Then when, when the time comes, when everything's crazy around you, is your love going to grow cold? Is your heart going to be closed off? Or are you going to have an open heart and say, I'm going to, I'm going to live my life open unto the Lord and be one who is able to share that love with somebody else who does not like me. That's why it's so important for us to understand that, that God's banner over us is love. So he, he's got us covered. Doesn't mean you won't get hurt. I'm not, nowhere in the Bible does it say that you won't get hurt. I don't know of a scripture. If, if somebody has it, they can point it out to me that says, in this life, you will have, you have a nice life and nobody's gonna hurt you and if you love people, they're just gonna love you back all the time. It's not in the Bible. Jesus didn't say that. I mean, look at the life of Jesus. He was pure love in human form and there, and he got killed. And so the challenge is, the battle is, is what is going on in your heart? There's another scripture that talks about sickness in the heart is this, and I think the Lord wants to help with some of this today. Uh, uh, Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Leave that up there for a second, Cooper. Hope deferred or, or put off or delayed or, let me, let me put this in, in modern terminology. What you wanted didn't happen. What you were expecting did not happen. Or is not happening. That can cause sickness in your heart. You know, when there's, when there's sickness in your heart, uh, guess what happens? Is all the other interactions you have with people are tainted by that sickness. I mean, think about it. Physically, if you get sick physically, you're blowing your nose and you got stuff all over and then I come shake Brandy's hand and she's first of all Brandy would never shake my hand if I'd just been wipe my nose um just so you know but <laughs> true story so uh but you know we we know that like if I have sickness around me and guess what if I hang around you guess what you can get it passed on right because I'm carrying the sickness with me a lot of times that can happen spiritually or emotionally is my heart is sick. And so I'm kind of, I'm a carrier. 
I'm carrying it around with me. My conversations with people are full of sickness and disease. My relationships with people, they never seem to work out. Guess why? If they're sick. Sickness is being passed on. Relational sickness, spiritual sickness, uh, mental sickness, you know, ways of thinking that are wrong. And so I find that, man, everything, everything seems to not be working out right now. Well, guess what? You gotta have your heart healed. You need to, you need to take care of the sickness. Because if you take care of the sickness, then the effects of the sickness will no longer be there. See, we're not looking for, we're not looking for just like the medicine that covers your symptoms. Y'all do that when you, if you get sick and you, there's, it doesn't really get you better, it just makes you feel better, right? It just covers up what's really there. When you take, uh, whatever the stuff is, when your nose is all stuffy, I'll just say that antihistamine or, uh, decongestants or whatever, um, they're just to cover up the symptoms. They don't, they don't get rid of having the cold or whatever you, you're dealing with at that moment. They just cover up the symptoms so you can live through life. And a lot of times that's what we do. We come to church and we get a little bit of worship and then we, we get a little bit of, of relief from the symptoms. But we don't deal with the heart issue. We don't, we don't get in the innermost plate. We don't, we don't let Jesus in and say, what's really going on inside here? Because what I need is, I need my heart to be healed. And disappointment is a huge issue in people's lives. I mean, we've got a, we have a, a culture of, we have a culture, I think, of disappointment, just living. We have a, we have generations of people just being raised, living a life of disappointment. It's not happening the way I thought it was gonna be. It's not, it's not turning out the way I thought it was. The opportunities are not the way it should be. This is not the way I thought, you know, my world would be, or my schooling would be, or my, you know, they get married, and this is not the way I thought it would be when I got married, or you have, then you have kids, and you're like, this is not the way I thought it would be when I had kids, or these are not the kids I thought I would have, and like, wh- where do these people come from, and you know, whatever it is, and that, that disappointment can just taint everything, because then once you have a, the sickness is in your heart, if it's not dealt with, if you don't deal with that, then everything is gonna have disappointment connected to it. Everything is going to have that disappointment. It's going to have a little mark there. It's like a stamp, you know. It's like, hey, this is a really amazing thing. And there's just this stamp that says, ah, it just wasn't quite, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't 100% what I thought it would be. I mean, there's just a couple things I would change. And so your whole view of life is through the heart sickness that has, that has infected you. And it's not for us to say, Let's point out all those people and throw rocks at them right now and stone them and spiritually say, stop it right now. No. Who can heal the sickness in my heart? Only Jesus. That's where it's good to have somebody that you know, beyond a shadow of doubt, loves you no matter what. Man, if you got somebody that loves you no matter what, you can make it. You can be honest and say, Lord, this is, I am, I am, I am sick with disappointment in my life. I am sick. My heart, all the, all the things I thought would happen, they're not happening. In fact, it's not even that they're not happening. They're happening totally reversed from what I thought they would happen and what I want them to happen. And I, and probably even what I know you don't want it to ultimately be this way. 
And we have to allow Jesus to come in and heal that. Because just changing jobs is not going to fix it. Changing marriages, not going to fix it. Changing churches, not going to fix it. If I could just move away from Midland, it's not going to fix it. As good as that sounds for some people. It's not going to fix it. (laughs) None of those things are going to fix a heart that's sick. Only Jesus can fix a heart that's sick. Only Jesus can come in with the right thing and bring healing. And that's why all the people are flocking to Jesus. When Jesus shows up uh, on the earth, it, all the religious people were upset at Jesus, right? Why? Because all of the sinners were coming to Jesus. All the people who were, had messed up lives. I mean, they were like the, the least likely to do anything for God. And they were the ones that Jesus was, that, that were drawn to Jesus. And Jesus is just loving them and loving them. But he's also calling them to healing. He's not leaving them in their sickness. He, you know, as, as the woman that's come and she's caught in adultery and he stands there and says, Hey, who, the first one without sin, you be the one to throw the first stone. And the, and the religious people, you know, all go away. It says from the oldest to the youngest, because as we get older, we sometimes get some, a little bit of wisdom. Um, sometimes, um, and then it says there's nobody left. And Jesus says, "Woman, where are your accusers?" And they're nowhere to be found. And then Jesus, He doesn't leave her in her sickness, right? He says, "Now you go and sin no more." Now there was it wasn't just that Jesus was like giving her a command. It was that Jesus was saying, I, I'm touching you right now where you can do this. Jesus is never going to tell us to do something and then say, good luck with that. I'm going to watch and see if you can actually make it. <laughs> no, because he knows we can't. He, Jesus knows you can't heal a sick heart. You, you can't find anything in this world that will heal that. It's, it's gotta come from Him. It's gotta come from Him. You've got, you've gotta get with Him. You've gotta take time with Him. You've gotta take minutes and hours with Him and let Him work. Sometimes a friend will come along and, and, and be alongside you to, to be while Jesus works with you. But ultimately, it's gonna be Him that's doing the work. It's gonna be Him that's doing the healing. It's gonna be Him that's taking your heart and removing what doesn't belong there. And you know the the you know the church has been sick in by and large this is a general statement but by and large the church has been sick in the United States for a long time. And God's beginning the good news is God's beginning to heal that. He's beginning to move. He's beginning to, to have movements where it's, it is the banner of, of God's love, but they don't compromise. They're, they're still like, hey, we're, we're, we've got the banner of God's love, but we also got the banner of His righteousness and His holiness, and we've got the banner of His truth and His justice, and it, it's, it's coming together, uh, under the banner of, of the kingdom of God, and, and just as, uh, Felicia was singing to declaring the government uh, of God. You know, that's that's the kingdom of God. That's that's God's ruling and reigning uh, power over situations and lives. And how does that happen? It happens in hearts. 
The kingdom of God is within you, Jesus said. So it's in your heart that the ruling power of Jesus has to be manifest so he can rule and reign in your heart and say, I'm going to sit on the throne rather than that other thing that you're letting sit there. Because if anything else is sitting other than Jesus, really that's, that's where, uh, that's where, that means we're sick. There's another scripture in, uh, Proverbs 12 in verse 25. It says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. This is another sickness that is rampant in our culture today. In our, in our nation today, we've got, uh, young and old who are being weighed down with anxiety. And really, what is it? It's a sickness of the heart. It's something inside me, uh, that has been, that has been hurt. Usually, both of these sicknesses, hey, this is not, how many of us physically, you know, if we get sick, we're like, well, it's totally my fault. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there's cases, okay, there's cases where we maybe do stupid things to ourselves physically and, you know, maybe work ourselves really hard and we cause ourselves maybe to get sick. Uh, but most of the time, it's just like, it just happens. It's just a part of life. It's not like, uh, it's not like you did anything wrong. Uh, it's just you're living life and sickness came upon you. And to me, that's mostly how it happens in our hearts. It's not like, you know, we've, we've all done stupid things and we cause issues in our lives and, and those are probably easier to deal with, I think, in some ways because we know I did this, it caused this, and so you just gotta, you can't point the finger, you can, well, my brother or my, or my, parents or my coworkers or whoever you want to blame my pastor uh just go ahead and blame him it's fine um you know whoever whoever you want to blame you know we don't have anyone to blame but ourselves and it's easier to deal with but when something just comes around well this comes from somewhere else you know it comes from just living life it's going to happen you're going to have this this stuff that tries to come in your heart whether that's anxiety whether that's hopelessness whether that's uh disappointment Whatever that is, is, is how are you going to deal with that place in your heart when it happens? What are you going to do? Are, are you going to just, are you going to self-medicate? Are you going to, you know, whatever self-medication thing you use, I just get myself totally into this TV show. I'm just going to be consumed with this or I'm going to, I'm going to, pour myself into a hobby and it's going to be I'm just going to be consumed with this hobby and this pursuit and that's going to that's going to like self-medicate it's going to make me forget what's going on in my heart you know it never brings healing I'm going to distract myself with a bunch of entertainment or I'm going to travel a lot or whatever it may be whatever you use um, I'm going to just be by myself and not allow people into my life I'm not going to have friends I'm not going to have close friends I'm just going to close myself off uh, at whatever self-medication you are using, sometimes people turn, of course, to something more serious like drugs or alcohol or some form of addiction, uh, sexual addiction, whatever it is. It's never going to heal your heart. You're like, where did this message come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully God. <laughs> 
I just know this, that Jesus is saying, it's time. It's time to deal with some of the hard things. The hard, hard things. To say, are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to trust me? It's not going to change his love. He's going to keep loving you no matter what. He's, if you say no, if you say, I'm, I'm just going to keep going. I'm, I'm good, God. I'm just going to, I'm going to maintain. Y'all know what maintain is? You just live life and you make it through and you just, you, you give up on, most of the time you just have to give up on faith and hope and you just, you just live a life that's, uh, safe. In other words, I'm just going to, I'm going to just going to have a low expectation. I'm just going to make it through and it's, it's pretty good. So I'm just going to, it's okay. I'm just going to make it okay. And and that's the best I can expect in this life. Guess what? Jesus is going to love you passionately every step of the way. But there is a place that Jesus has in your heart where you can actually find healing and say, you know what? You can have life inside of you that you never knew could be there. But I'm going to have to deal with your heart. I'm going to have to deal with those things. Maybe, the, again, we don't always know. Sometimes we need help for Jesus to say, Jesus, is, is this in my heart? Some of us know right away, man, this is, I'm dealing with that right now. I'm struggling with that right now. Uh, and that's the first step is we, we've got to know it's there so we can ask Jesus to say, come on, come and, come and begin to touch my heart, oh God. Come and begin to, to move in me. You know, it says in John 15 uh, that if we're connected, that we are the, the branches and he is the vine. And Jesus said, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you'll bear, you'll be fruitful. You'll have much fruit. And nobody can bear fruit by themselves. They must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And later on in that in that chapter... Um, as he says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you so. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from the Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. We're not going to go into all what's there, but the point of that whole scripture is this. If you're connected to Jesus, then he's going to heal your heart. But you've got to be connected to him. You've got to have time with Jesus. It's just it's just non-negotiable. We can't get away from it, can we? <laughs> you know, you go you go a certain period of time and you get a little bit of you get a little medication from Jesus, so to speak, and you're feeling a little bit better, and you're like, man, I'll come back later, God, and you just can't make it. You've got, you've got to keep coming back to Jesus. He, he truly is the source. He's the only one that can really do the work in our hearts that needs to happen, and 
Again, this doesn't mean that we just open our hearts up to everybody and allow ourselves to be continuously heard and be in abusive relationships. I'm not saying any of those things. If anybody's hearing that, please, please don't hear that. What I'm saying is this, is let your heart, don't let your heart be closed off to him. Because when your heart's open to him, then he can do what he needs to do and he'll teach you how to release your heart to people and protect your heart and have boundaries in the right moments. But I really feel like that the Lord just wants to move on hearts today as we close. Um, that was kind of the, the whole point of this message was to say God wants to do some, some, some heart surgery today. He wants to do some heart surgery. And I think specifically he, he's highlighting disappointment, hopelessness, um, anxiety, Discouragement. Maybe a few others. And he's probably talking to you about it right now. So why don't we, why don't we stand up? Just change our position a little bit. Just kind of open ourselves up to the Lord. This is not about God doing it all right in this moment. But it may be about God beginning something. It may be a point of where you you begin to say, okay, Jesus, I think I'm ready. I think it's good to say I think because we don't ever know. (laughs) Jesus, I think I'm ready. Would Would you begin to heal my heart? So just everybody close their eyes. Just you, you and God for a minute here. Just gonna let Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit come and speak to us. Holy Spirit, come and minister to our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You just want to open your hands or put your hand on your heart, whatever whatever posture you want to take. If if you feel like God's really speaking to you right now, say, Hey, this is this is for you. This is for you right now. I wanna I just want to pray over you. God, we did, we just thank you right now, Lord, that you are the Alpha and Omega. You are beginning things right now. You are the beginning and the end, and so you are the one that's able to initiate and start something. And so, Lord, we, we want to have our hearts be we don't want to have our hearts grow cold whether that's through the, the craziness of our world, whether that's through disappointment of, of what was going to happen in our life or what people would do in our lives, God, or what um, what things are weighing our heart down, Lord, that, that hearts are being hearts are being held down by anxiety or fear or confusion, God. We just we just thank you right now for your gentle hand coming in that you show up, God, right now and, and Lord we need you to be gentle because there's sickness there. We don't need you to come in and just manhandle us. And we thank you, Lord, that you, you, you don't do that. You don't come in and just, just tear up the temple. Uh, Lord, that's the last resort. And so we, we thank you right now in this moment. I'm speaking to hearts. I say, begin to be healed. I say, hearts, come awake. Hearts that have gone to sleep, come awake. Hearts that have just said, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna sleep this off. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to sleep through it and hope it gets better. Hearts, you come awake in the name of Jesus. Anxiety, be released in Jesus' name. We cast our cares upon you, God, right now. We cast our anxiety upon you. Lord, we we can't hold on to it. It can't have connection. Lord, it it has to be totally disconnected from ourselves so that we cast it. We we throw it away from ourselves. So, Lord, any any of us in here who are just saying, Lord, we we just throw that to you right now. We just release it to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for moving, God. We thank you for healing hearts. We thank you, God, that as you are working right now and your people, Lord, it's not just here, it's not just in this building, it's not just in this church. You are at work, Lord, around our nation, Lord, right now. You are you are moving in hearts. There is something going on that you want to do in the heart so that our hearts are ready to carry what you want to pour out. Or we have to have hearts that are that are clean and and pure and and healthy and strong, Lord, so that we can we can release what you want to release in our in our in our city, God, in our in our in our state, in our nation. Lord, Texas needs still needs to be changed. It's not good enough that we've you know got a nice economy here, God. It's not good enough, Lord, that uh we're relatively getting along, Lord. There's, there's more. We need, we need the kingdom of God here. We, we don't want to settle for just pretty good. Like, hey, this is pretty good. Lord, we want to see the more of the kingdom. And so we know that our hearts have to be right. They have to be healed. They have to be healthy, God. They can't be transmitting our disease of our hopelessness or our disappointment or our confusion or our doubt, God, or our unbelief, God. We, we have to have hearts that are transmitting hope and faith and joy and peace and goodness and kindness and self-control. And we can't do it, Lord, so we invite you. We invite you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit that you send. You you send the Holy Spirit to do your work in our hearts, and so we, we invite you, Holy Spirit, right now to begin to heal and begin to move in our hearts. Lord, maybe we just need to have a revelation. God, if there's anything in our heart that's sick, Reveal it to us, and everything we know that you reveal, you're going to heal. It's not your desire to condemn. Lord, you didn't come to condemn us, Lord. You came to save us. And so we need, we need to be saved from things that are still residing in our emotions, in our minds, in our ways of thinking, God. We want to, we don't want to have sick thinking, Lord. We don't want to have, uh, twisted thinking about who you are or who somebody else is, God. We thank you for bringing healing that in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask for a new perspective. We ask that we begin to have a new perspective. Let us see, let us see situations through your eyes. Help us trust you, oh God. Help us trust you. Help us know that your banner is over us, God, that your victory banner is already running. You've already won the victory. The victory is yours. And Lord, we just want to, we just want to walk in the victory that you have purchased for us. We want to walk in the victory that you've won for us, God. And we, we can't be half-hearted, God. That's not the victory that Jesus won is to, to kind of make it, to have it, have a life be pretty good and to be, ah, it's all right. Lord, that's not the victory of Jesus. The victory of Jesus is that our hearts are healthy and strong. Our lives are vibrant. Lord, our families are whole God our 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 lives are 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 a representation of who you are and so we we just invite you right now disappointment I call forth hope and those who've been disappointed hope in, in Jesus right now hope in Jesus be restored hope in Jesus 
be restored in Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you, Lord, for, for stirring that in hearts today. Those that don't even want to believe for anything, God, I pray that they would begin to believe. They begin to, to see beyond where they're at. They begin to take a step of faith to say, God, I want to walk into something more. I've been in this place too long. I'm not going to stay here any longer. Lord, I know this is not what you want for me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a risk and allow you to heal my heart. So we thank you for that today. We honor you today, Jesus, for your work in us. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right. God is good.